Good morning, church. It is that humbling feeling and our attitude, should I say, that reminds us that we have not stood on our own, but God caused us to stand through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are eternally grateful and thankful to our God for His mercy, for His care, for His blessings, and for His grace. It is good to see you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We praise God for your attendance. Uh, And for you who are online, we praise God for your attendance as well. Let's go to God, please, together in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you so very much for allowing us to come to you in prayer this day, for hearing us, for listening to us, and for answering us. We pray, Lord God, this morning as we worship you, that you will guide us into all truth, that you will accept our worship, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight and in spirit and in truth, that we might bring glory and honor unto your name. Please help us to keep our minds focused on worship, on Jesus, your great Son, who died that we might live. Please keep us from worldly thought. Thank you for your love and care, for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray if it be thy will. Amen. Romans, please, chapter 8. I'm going to assume this morning that when we think of willpower, that your desire is to attain the highest spiritual level that you can possibly attain to on this earth. And some would say that every Christian, in order to do this, to accomplish this high level of spirituality, not to achieve it to say, oh, look, I'm better than you or you're better than me, but rather to be more and more in touch uh, with our God. Some would say it takes a simple trusting faith. It takes mental strength. It takes a desire to please our God. Simply put, you need to, we have to learn to be this, just spiritually stubborn, right? I mean, just be stubborn. I'm not going to give in to Satan. And we're good at being stubborn, right, when we want to, right? How about being spiritually stubborn? Saying, I'm just not going to give up, nor am I going to give in. I'm going to remain faithful to God so that in His grace or by His grace, I never give up, nor do I ever give in. But it's not enough to want to be better. You know, you might say, oh, I want to be better. I want to be a better Christian. I I want to do this. I want to do that. But rather, you have to want it and then have the willingness to do whatever it takes to achieve it. You see, that's where the rubber hits the road. I can want it all day long, but am I willing to do whatever it takes to achieve or to accomplish that goal that I have set? And the question might be, how badly do you actually want this spiritual level or this spiritual growth to come into your life? Do you want to live and walk by the Spirit? Remember a few Sundays ago, we talked about being stuck in the flesh mentally emotionally. Do you want to live by and walk by the Spirit of God? You have to want it to achieve it. So I'm going to assume this morning that everybody here wants it. Everyone online wants it. And we want not only just to walk by the Spirit and live by the Spirit, that we want rather to achieve the highest spiritual mind that we possibly can have by the grace and glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus 
Christ. Romans 8. Let's talk about some motivations. Why? The Bible says in verse 6, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So I guess the question here is, do you want in your late, your daily life, day by day, do you want to please God? First question. Romans 13, please. Beginning at verse 13. The Bible says there, Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh in regards to its lust. Back to Romans 8. We must motivate ourselves to live righteously and to rise above things of the flesh. To give it all to God, right? To be spiritually minded in all that we say and in all that we do. It takes willpower. It takes a desire, an inward desire to accomplish this. Verse 10. And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Second Chronicles chapter 16. Yes, it's challenging to reconstruct uh, our minds. To have the kind of thinking that, that God wants us to have. But it's worth it. It's worth it to be what God wants you to be. And here's what God is doing. God is looking from the throne room, if you will, from heaven. He's looking down upon earth. And, and in Second Chronicles 16 and verse 9, listen to what it says. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Then it goes on to say, you've acted foolishly in this. Indeed, from now on, you will surely have wars. But the idea is, God is looking down from heaven, seeking people who are seeking Him. Wanting to strongly support those who have a desire to do His work and do His will. Psalm 34. So I guess the question again this morning is, how badly do I want it? Am I seeking to please God, to 
do the will of God, not mediocrely, but if you will, or with mediocrity, but rather, am I doing this with all of my heart, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength? How much of this spiritual level of achievement, or if you will, when I think of achievement, I'm thinking about, I want to go higher and higher in my spiritual walk with Jesus. I want to become more and more committed, more and more dedicated every day. How much of that do you desire? It takes willpower. Psalm 34. The verse is 15. The Bible says, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and His ears are open to their cry. Is part of my cry to God. God, make me more like you. Help me to be what you have designed for me to be. What you have purposed for me to be. Help me to be more like you. Jude, please. Verse 24. Remind and, and, and motivate yourself. Of the things that God has taught us time and time again. And that is that we win. And so, if you're going to be on the winning team. I mean, I, I don't know how many of you have been on, on championship teams. I'm sure many of you have. Uh, maybe in your high school days or whenever it may have been, but you gotta work hard. You know, it's not just about winning, it's about, it's about keeping that record, right? You gotta work really hard. And we work really hard at, at athleticism, and we work really, really, really hard at being the best team. In comparison to our spiritual walk, how hard do you work? In comparison to what you trained for, in comparison to how hard we studied in school, in college, to earn the degrees or, or whatever it may be, the, the diplomas, or how hard did you work? And then compare that to how hard you work in your spiritual life. How hard do you work in your jobs? And then compare that to how hard you work in your spiritual lives. Remind ourselves that we're on a winning team. You gotta work harder when you're on a winning team than you do on a losing team. A losing team, you don't even have to show up for practice and you're still gonna lose. <laughs> but we're on a winning team, right? You gotta show up, right? It takes effort and energy. Someone said when we were, when we were training, uh, during the Olympics and, and, uh, and they said, you know, to lose, you don't have to train at all and you can have that status. Is that the status you want? After all this hard work? No? Well then work harder. Jude verse 24. The Bible says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forevermore. Remind ourselves, remind yourself that God will never leave you nor forsake you. So let's talk about, just for a moment, willpower. You want willpower? Have you ever had the desire, you say, you know, I'm going to become more. This is a new year, right? So Some folks made New Year's resolutions. They said, well, I'm going to become more of this than I was in the past. And then hopefully someone said, I want to become more spiritual minded than I was last week, last year, last month. And when you think about becoming more and, and serving God 
Sometimes folks have said, well, I just don't know where to begin, right? I mean, I want to be better, a better Christian, a stronger Christian, but I don't, I don't actually know where to begin. And so what we should ask ourselves, the question is this. Is it worth your time, your energy, and effort to change? Now, what is your motivation for change? Is it worth it? And then the question, why do you want it? Why do you want to change? Why do you feel and understand in your heart that you need to change? And then, what have you done about it? What have you done about it? You say, I need to change, I want to change, but what have you done? Insanity, right? What is, what is that definition? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome or expecting change. It's just not going to happen. Have you set a clear spiritual goal to strive after? You know, I want to do better, but I have no goals. Well, if you have no goals, you can't win. If you want to do better, you got to set a goal, right? What is your spiritual goal? Have you set a clear spiritual goal? And then as you set that goal, are you monitoring your behavior to achieve that goal? In other words, maybe I was supposed to, I said I'm going to read uh, John chapter 4 this this uh, this week. And I'm, at, I'm there, I'm in John 4, but, but Monday, Tuesday's gone by and Wednesday's gone by. I need to go back and look at my, my, myself, assess my life and realize, wait a minute, I'm not doing anything to achieve my goal of reading John chapter 4 this week. And then you have to be willing to put in the work, right? Put, put, you gotta put the work in. You set the goal, but then you gotta put on your overalls and go to work, right? You gotta go to work. Have to get it going, get it, get it done, accomplish it. And along the way, you gotta have that willpower, right? That desire within, within you, that inward strength to do or accomplish whatever it is that you are striving after. Let's look at John chapter 17. In order to walk by faith, you know, there's something we have to be willing to do. And I, I don't know if we think about this often enough. Maybe you do, but you have to be, have to be willing to delay that gratification. Even instant gratification. In our world today, everything is kind of, kind of an instant gratification. I mean, you pick your phone up and you can type in something and there it is, right? Bam! And that's the way we live our lives now because that's just the way it is in the information, uh, uh, generational world that we're living in. But in Christ, you have to be willing to receive a delayed gratification. Look at what Jesus did in, in John chapter 17. Because see, see, Christianity is not a walk in the park, right? I mean, I mean, you're not going to just walk into Jesus and, 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 and be on in his army and be a Christian and not have persecution. This is not a walk in the park. Jesus said in verse 14, I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask thee to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. You see, this isn't a walk in the park. I mean, no one enjoys the idea of being hated. If you're going to be a child of God, you've got to stand against or oppose the evil. And when you stand opposed to evil, you live a life that is contrary to what the world is living. 
And, and it feels like you're running against the grain, right? Everyone else is going that way, but here we are trying to get through the crowd to go that way. It's straight and narrow. It's a tough road. In verse 4, it says, I glorified thee on the earth, having accomplished the work which thou hast given to me. And now glorify thou me together with thyself, Father, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So Jesus was willing to delay that glorification, if you will. He was willing to, to step aside of himself to accomplish the will of the Father. But not yet. He had to wait until he got back to heaven. Until he accomplished all that the Father commanded of him. Or asked of him to do. Turn to Romans chapter chapter 12. Resist the temptation to have it all right now. You know, resist the temptation. I mean, it's not going to fall in your lap. you got to work for it. I mean, if you've never read the whole Bible, it's, you're not going to all of a sudden have an understanding of the whole Bible. And even when you read the whole Bible, you're still not going to have an understanding of the whole Bible. You've got to read it over and over and over and over. In other words, for the rest of your life. And you'll amazingly, you'll learn new things every single time. And the faith that you have will grow. And the knowledge that you have will increase. And these little nuggets will start jumping out at you. And you'll start going, wow, look at that. I didn't even know that was there. And it will help to enhance your life. So Paul says it like this in Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your reasonable or spiritual service of worship. And then comes that, that command, and be not, right? Be not conformed. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that will of God which is which is perfect and acceptable right it's perfect and acceptable or it's acceptable and perfect it is the perfect will of God to accept that to live by that he says I need you to do something I need you to present yourself a living and holy sacrifice to God present yourself to present yourself to give yourself to God. That's a big step, isn't it? To give yourself. You know, someone's, well, you know, I'll give the Lord all of my heart. But we don't really give the Lord all of our hearts, do we? Right? No, He wants all of your heart. All of it. Be willing to present yourself, to give yourself to God 100%. And it's not until you've done that that you really recognize the true blessings that God has to bestow upon us. It's not until you do that that you realize the true benefits of being a child of God. To present yourself to God. Think about when someone brings you a present, a gift, and they present it to you. It's like, oh, thank you for thinking of me. How do you think God feels when you give yourself to God? All of it. All of yourself. Matthew chapter 5. To God. Even though Jesus says you're going to be hated. You know what happened? In, in the days of the early church. When they presented themselves to God. Today. 
Tonight, they could be dead. Tonight, they could be executed. They could have been executed. But they were willing to give themselves to God regardless. See, when you gave yourself to God in the days of persecution, you knew that your life would be turned upside down, but then made right again with God. You see, that was a joy. You realize that in reality, you were already upside down, and God made you right and turned your right side up. See, society has everything backwards, but God has the right plan, the right direction. It's sustainable. It's beautiful. And he says to his people in Matthew 5 and verse 13, that you, you are the salt in this, this tasteless world. Is the world tasteless to you? You're the salt. You're it. You're the it in this world. This world is nothing without you. It's a bland, tasteless, the white of an egg. It just has no taste to it. But then you have the yolk, and it, it brings the to- a hard-boiled egg. It brings the, the taste to the egg, right? You, you're, the, you're the salt on, on the, the hard-boiled egg. You're the flavor in your meal. You're the flavor of this world. You are the salt of this earth. You're the preserver of this world. You're the it. We are the it in Christ. And God wants us to know that. So he says, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. You, brethren, are your it. Thank God for that, right? So then be it. Be the it. Recognize you're the one. That God has chosen. And you've chosen God. So then, on this journey of striving to become uh, more spiritual minded, if you will. Having that willpower, that desire to be what God wants me to be. And I'm doing all that I can, God, to muster up the willpower to be your servant. What is God doing for us? Maybe, what has God done? For us. Let, let's look at a few of these ideas and then we'll close uh, this morning. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. What has God done? Something amazing. He separated us. You know, you, you know how we do that in, in the world today, right? If you, if you are uh, a professor, you, you wear a white coat. And if you're on a certain team, uh, you, you might, you know, you'll wear a certain jersey. It's got a certain got a certain name on it and it has a right it's a different color right if you're if you're on a if you're if you're over here then you 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 know how we separate ourselves to for distinction god has separated us colossians 1 in verse 13 the bible says for he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to uh, the kingdom of his beloved son he's taken us up out of this old crazy world and he's placed us in the church 
although we exist still physically in the world, we are those spiritual lights of Jesus. He has separated us from the world. Turn to Romans chapter 8. He has, he has moved us, removed us from this evil state of mind, if you will, and thinking. We have the peace of mind because we know, here's what we know. We know how everything is going to turn out. We know how it's going to end, right? Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to deliver his saints over to the Father and they'll be with him forevermore. We already know how it's going to end. We're separate, separated from the world. We know the end of the story and so we become spiritual minded because that's what God demands of us. In Romans 8 and verse 12, it says, So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I wanted to read that a second time because I wanted to bring out that we are children of God. What does that make the rest? They're not children. And sometimes we try to give that blessing that God has given to us over to the rest of the world who have not given themselves to the Lord, who have not surrendered to, to God in baptism, who have not been transferred, if you will, delivered out of this world and added to the church. We can't do that. God has done it. He has separated us. Now here's a blessing. Turn back to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter, chapter 3. He has not only separated us, but because we are separated, you continue to live faithfully for Jesus Christ. And because we have been separated, what happens for us is when the Lord comes back, he speaks on our behalf. Isn't that great? Right? And I'm reminded of Zechariah chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. Now rewind that because here's what happens. You know what happens? When Satan stands next to me and accuses me, you know what I'm going to say to the Lord? He's right. <laughs> it's the only time Satan tells the truth. <laughs> right? Right? Other than that, he's a liar and the father of lies. He's going he's to mix some lies in there too. But all I can really say is, you know what, Father? He's right. But I don't want to have to say that, do you? No, we want Jesus to speak in our behalf. Again, verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you is not is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and standing before the angel. And he spoke and said to those who were standing before him, saying, Remove the filthy garments from him again. And he said to him, See, I have taken away your iniquity from you and will clothe you with festal robes. Then I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments while the angel of the Lord was standing by. And I remember, I think about that the day you were baptized. Remember that? You had on those filthy clothes and God gave you some clean ones. Amen. You put on Christ. When you put on Christ, you get rid of the old stuff. You get rid of the old filthy stuff and you put on Christ. Walk as people who have on clean garments. Turn to First John chapter 2. 
Because God has done this for us. God has separated us from the world and he has defended us. And he's continually defending us against all evil. In verse 1 and verse 2, the Bible says, My little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. He has separated us. He has defended us. And here's what else he's done. Turn to Romans 5. He's given us hope in a hopeless world. He's given us hope. How can I be saved with, with man? They asked the question of Jesus. Jesus, if this is the case, who can be saved? And Jesus said, with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He has given us hope, right? In verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, Hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So God has given to us this amazing... Oh, wait a minute. You realize that whether you're a child of God or not, you're going to suffer on this earth, right? I mean, doomsday and all the bad things you can think of are going to happen to you whether you're a child of God or not. So this is what God has done. Not only has God given us hope, he's given us a purpose in all of our suffering. Turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. He's given us this purpose through all of our suffering to say, don't give up and don't give in. Even on your, your, if you will, your deathbed and your suffering, if you're in the hospital, you can still try to bring folks to Christ. See, I know the outcome, you know, right? By faith in Christ and living faithfully to Christ, we, we know the outcome is not by me. Not by me, oh God but by the grace of our God, Jesus Christ. We have this purpose in all of our trials. Kind of makes you look at suffering a little bit differently. So James says it like this. He says in verse 2, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, if we were to raise our hands, turn to Mark 13, uh, and, you know, by way of show of hands, I'm not asking you to do this, but you know, who would sign up if you had a list of things that you could sign up for on the earth and one of them was suffering? Who'd sign up for suffering? <laughs> Probably not me. <laughs> I'm going to go for the other stuff on the list. But when you understand what comes out of suffering, this idea of God's hope, This idea of God's perseverance is amazing because there's something that comes out of suffering. Okay, Suffering produces in us endurance. The endurance to keep going. Listen to what Mark 13, verse 13 says. And you will be hated by all on account of my name, but the one who endures to the end, he shall be saved. Endurance? produces salvation. Amen? You see? So when he said in Revelation 2 and verse 10, be thou faithful until death, you just keep on walking, you keep on living, 
you continue to serve God, to honor God, to to please God, and and know this that everything that you do is with purpose. He said to them, "Don't fear, right? Don't be afraid. You just keep on walking." Can you imagine what it looked like to the soldiers of Rome when when you know when they would take this this child of God away for punishment, and the child of God had no fear? Aren't you afraid? Can you imagine what it was like when Pilate stood before Jesus? And he stood there and he, and he said, you know, I, I have the power to execute you if I want. And Jesus says, ah, you'd have no power unless it was given to you from the Father. Don't you realize what I can do to you? And Jesus is like, what? Don't fear the man who can kill the body but can't kill the soul. You can't touch me. Physically, yes. But spiritually, absolutely not. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. But the devil is about to cast some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. First Peter, please, chapter, chapter one. Someone said it, man, Lord, I was with you all the way up until you said, be faithful till death. <laughs> you you got to be with the Lord even through our deaths, right? Even through our deaths. He's given us purpose in every trial. God has blessed us and renewed us. He left us an example to follow. See, when you know where you're going and where you come from, it's a lot easier. And we, we haven't come from heaven. But brethren, in, in, in Christ, by faith, and your perseverance, and you, you know how much, you know the effort and the energy that you're placing into your Christian faith. You know that individually. You know that and God knows that. So as you're walking with Jesus and you have this faith and this confidence and this trust in God, not because of yourself, not because of what you've done, not because of position or status, but because of the faith of God and you're giving God your 100% all, you can trust in that promise. And that promise, listen to what it sounds, listen, listen to how beautiful, I mean, this is so beautifully betrayed to us. Verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be renewed in or revealed rather in the last time in this you greatly rejoice even though now for a little while if necessary you have been distressed by various trials the, that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold which is perishable even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ now I'm going to continue through verse 9 and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with a joy inexpressible, full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. And what else has God done for us? Turn to John chapter 14. Don't worry, I won't tell you everything God's done for us. We'd be here all day and tomorrow. And if we were up on the second story window, someone would fall out and I can't raise you. So I need to end. Amen. John 14. He has given us peace. 
right? This, this amazingly inward peace in the midst of a chaotic world. Verse 26, speaking to the apostles, but in regards to us as well. But the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world has given, but I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you love me, you will have rejoiced. Because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Rejoice? Why would they rejoice at the, at the leaving of Jesus? He says, because you're all right. You win. You're good. I have to go. If I go, you win. If I stay, you lose. See, we close in Philippians chapter chapter 3. As ambassadors of Christ, recognize your position. Willpower. God, I have the will to continue on because I know my position. That I'm in the world, but I'm not, I'm not of the world. And Lord, I found this, this ability to be proud to be an alien, a stranger in this world. I found the ability to be proud of that. You know, when folks say, you're weird, be proud of that, right? Be proud. What? What do you mean I'm weird? Well, you're, you're different. You're, you're peculiar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Be proud. Learn to be proud of that, right? Sometimes we're ashamed of that. I was ashamed of that a long time ago. Ashamed of that. Different from the world. But changed my life. But you gotta learn to be proud of that. To be different from the world. Forgetting what lies behind and walk with God in the Spirit. Verse 13 says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's worth it. Motivation. What is your motivation? Heaven. Heaven. The lesson is yours this morning. If you have not surrendered to Christ in the waters of baptism, the Bible tells us that uh, we have to come to Jesus, and we come to Jesus through uh, baptism. We surrender our lives to him. We, we hear his word and we believe it. We have this, this simple trusting faith, right? And we, we, we repent. We have godly sorrow in our hearts. We confess his name before men. We're baptized. We're added to the body of Christ by God, by his grace and mercy. If you're struggling in your faith, if you need prayers made in your behalf, you need help in some way, whatever whatever your need might be. Now here we're going to sing a, a song, an invitation song. If you're here, present, then please come forward if you have a need. And online, if you have a request or a need, please contact us. The information is on the board. We praise God for your attendance this morning, both online as well as physically. We praise God for your love for God. The lesson is yours. God bless you. Thank you.